You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Um, this is Stephen from Cyber Time Bite for episode 72 of, Cy- of the podcast. And today, I have a very, very, very special guest. Someone that I really, that I really like from the old ECW, the original ECW. He's an ECW original. He was a Dota E for a very, very short time. And, and today I'm with the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, deathifying Sabu. Hello. Uh, hi, hi. What's that? I said, this is Sabu. Yeah, how are you doing? How, how are you doing? I'm good. You're doing good? Um, yeah, I just got home, got home from a hard long tour. I uh, got home last night. That That's that's really cool. So, um, first, first thing I got to ask about is, we got to talk about your favorite person ever, Taz. How... <laughs> How's how is that like that feud? How is that feud like for you? Uh, it was all right. You know, it's good that you have real heat because uh, you try to outshine each other. You're not really trying to help each other. Usually in a match, you help the other guy no matter if he's good, bad, or you like him or not. But in our matches, we didn't care for each other. So if he didn't pull his own, I wasn't going to do it for him, and vice versa. So I mean, was um was that one of your favorite feuds ever, or was it with Rob? Yeah, yeah, it was my biggest feud ever because that was the face of the feud. You know, uh, it wasn't my biggest match. Uh, it wasn't my best match, but it was like a, one of the biggest. You know, the first pay per view. Everybody remembers the first pay per view. Was it your Was it your favorite though? Like your favorite feud that you've done? No, I don't really have a favorite pay per view. I haven't did one yet that I'm not proud of. Um, Hopefully, uh, the next one will be I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what is your um, what is your what is your favorite thing about Barely Legal 97? Because, you know, Barely Legal 97 is the most respected, most prouded pay-per-view ECW has ever made, and everyone praises it. Um, what's your favorite part from it? Uh, leading up to the match, I, you know, my shit didn't stink. You know, I was on top of the world. You know, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do no wrong, and that's all good. I, mean, I could have had a back match, of course, but until, that back, until the match, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do no wrong. You, you can't have a bad match. You took super glue and you super glued all your wounds together. That'll make it a good match. It just means uh, I still want to give you your money away. But like that, I found that kind of crazy though. When I heard about that, um, when I was um, learning about ECW, it's, crazy. it's only crazy when you first hear about it. But if you look into it, they used uh, surgical glue, same stuff on the lines uh, in World War Two and, and one. And uh, to stop the guys bleeding right away, you know. Uh, and then later on, they they, they would uh, suture it up at a mesh in it. But but uh, that's what I got. I didn't invent it. No way. It, it was it was done before me. I I used crazy glue because I knew crazy glue was super glue. I knew that. So, uh, surgical glue is exactly the same ingredients as crazy glue, just a different label. Yeah, because so I wanted to come out with a uh, glue. Buy some crazy glue and change your label. <laughs> you want to make you want to make Sabu glue? I <laughs> don't. <not>, yeah. <laughs> Sabu glue. I, probably, I don't want to do it. I probably get stuck with it. 
So, so um, the what's your who who um besides Taz? Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite work? Like, who was your favorite to work with? Was it like Dreamer or Steve? Uh, my favorite opponent. I'd be cheating by saying Rob or uh, IVB because you know me and my uncle trained him. But uh, you know, it's still when I wrestle him, it's a, it's a new match every time I wrestle him. But uh, that's one of my favorites. But, but I'd be cheating because you know I I I I, I bring him in. Uh, my favorite match besides that would be one of the Scorpio matches. I had a couple matches with Scorpio where you did like a 30-minute Broadway, and uh, those, those were good because we only caught a couple spots, and the rest of it was 25 minutes to add them. Yeah, because uh, Scorpio was and, good, and man. Those kind of matches uh, I thrive on. When you get the card on your feet, when there's no script, and you do what you want to do. That's how, really what I do now. When I come to a school wrestling with somebody, they go, you want a sad rematch, so whatever I say, go. You know, uh, there's no rules unless I want rules. Even when I want rules, I don't want to have rules. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Scorpio is good, man. That's who cool. they respect me to, to give me a sad rematch, not force me into a, a match I don't like. Other than people, uh, some promoters think I like barbed wire matches and death matches. Uh, I do them, I just don't like them, you know. Uh, oh, you're talking about your time in WCW when you were there for that short period of time? Yeah, that, that too, but uh, I was saying promoters with me in general, they want me to do, like, sometimes they want me to do barbed wire matches or death matches. And I don't like doing those. Yeah. I mean, wasn't the match with you and Terry Funk in the barbed wire rope match that everyone loves that I love too, uh, death match? Yeah, see, well, that was a big match. It was TV, ready for a preview, big match, and for the world title. Uh, usually when I when someone was booking a barbed wire match, there's you know, 200 people, it's a bar or a basement or a warehouse, 200 people. You know, I don't want to do that, shit. But uh, I would do a barbed wire match or a death match in the proper atmosphere, the proper building. Yeah. It. Um. Are you still feeling? Are you still feeling that match to this day? That that uh that barbed wire match you have with Terry Funk. Actually, I am. My arm is still numb. My bicep and my forearm is still numb because when I cut it, you know, I cut the nerves. But when they they hooked it back up, you know, of course they can't put the nerves back. Holy crap! But yeah, I still feel it. If my forearm's numb and my and inner bicep is numb. I, I always wanted to, I, I, I always wanted to tell you this because you're you know what I feel you know what I feel more is when uh, Chris Benoit threw me on my head and uh I feel that my my neck it, it, it was uh nineteen ninety five I think. Yeah. So fuck it was twenty years. You know, twenty years and uh I still selling it. I mean like Benoit was a was a phenomenal performer. I mean like despite what people think of what happened at the end there, his in ring stuff. Oh, yeah. You can't take away from what he did in the ring. That's two different, that's two different you know, horses, you know. Because uh, O.J. Simpson was a murderer, don't mean he was a bad running back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. He was still a good running back. You can't take that from him. Benoit, he was one of the great, greatest and the best. You can't take that from him, but you can take him being a decent human being from him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. That, that's no, I want to I wanna tell you, because I, I always wait. I always wanted to tell you if I ever met you that, um, that do you know that move that you do where you take a chair and you just throw it at someone? Like you just like keep, like the like the effort move where you just throw a chair into someone's face because you're just like effort. Right on. You know what I'm talking and, about. Uh, I just came out with a new book, uh, autobiography of uh, you know a little bit of my life. It's, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but people might like it. Yeah, because like I really like that move where you just take the chair and you just throw it into someone's face. I just love that move. Right on. 
Um, so, um, how, how was it, how was it, um, how was it like at the end of, ECW's life like how was it like for you because I because you know when Paul Heyman left Tommy Dreamer took over and and all these people um were just going all over the place where where was your mindset at the at that end of ECW in 2001 2000 ish right there wrestling was fine but behind the scenes was terrible you know no, no pay and uh no proper uh stuff, you know, we, were, we weren't taken care of, so it was, it was hard to have a smile, that's for sure. But I, I left a year before ECW died. I wasn't there the final year. Oh, yeah, you... Oh, yeah. 2000. You were... I want to say you were in WCW, but... No, that was... I, I, was, working, I was supposed to be... I, I had a secret meeting. It's, I'll tell you, this is in the, in the book also, but I got a book coming out. I told you, right. I, I told you that I have a book. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah, you... I think you did. Yeah, I got uh, help me push it. It's uh, it's a good book. But anyways, in the book I got a story uh, about what happened. Uh, uh, I had a secret meeting with uh, Kevin Sullivan and JJ Dillon in Atlanta. So I, I go to Atlanta and go to this hotel, and they go, he's in whatever, whatever room. So I go into that room, and it's a room for uh, uh, stooges and security. You know, uh, office stooges, Terry Taylor. You know, a uh, few, few other guys to me maybe. Uh, and then I, uh, Kevin Cleveland pulls me, well, pushed me out of the room. He didn't want me to see me, so I met him in another room. And he offered me a big contract, but uh, they go, he goes, here, you can sign it. And I, and I go, I, I have to read it over. And he goes, read it over, you know, look at it, it's huge. I go, yeah, but, uh, but what I wanted to do was tell my mother first. So I went back to the hotel room to call my mother, but she had a heart attack on the phone because my dogs went crazy because someone was at our door at home knocking, and the dog's crazy. She's on the phone. She had a heart attack. So I never told her. I, I just fly home. I didn't tell. I just went home, and then uh, six hours later, I'm in the hospital in Lansing, and uh, uh, nothing I could do. I was in ICU. Uh, I called Kevin Taylor and said, "Hey, I'm gonna fax over that contract now. I signed it. It was too late. We're already being sued." When I walked in that room with security guys, uh, one of them called Paul Hennon and uh, he threatened to sue. So I lost like a couple million dollars because of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, man. And my mother's like I didn't tell her she had a heart attack before I could tell her she had a heart attack. I got to experience that. I um heart attack after I told her. <laughs> was uh was was your um, father the original Sheik still alive at that point or when that's my uncle. My father was a cocksucker, but my uncle was a prince. You know, uh, it was my uncle, my mother's brother, the Sheik. Uh, is what when the is he still is he I. I uh, he died. He died uh, a few years ago. Oh, I'm sorry about that, man. Yeah, it happened. Um, does, he had him <laughs> coming. Did um, did you ever get to wrestle him? Your own? Do you ever get to wrestle your your father before he passed away? Because you know, no, it's my uncle. it's my uncle. Don't confuse me. Uh, oh, your uncle. Me. Your uncle. Sorry, my not a good guy. My my uncle was. My father wasn't around that much, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I wrestled him a little bit, but he taught me how to wrestle. We practiced at his house. Yeah, I, mean, I knew how to. I knew, I knew how to amateur wrestler. Amateur wrestler before I came out to talk to him, but he taught me pro wrestling, which is a whole different uh, thing. Yeah, because um, because uh, that you 
Because he must have taught you a lot because you had some extremely hardcore matches and and he taught you to he probably taught you how to go over the place because all that stuff you do in the ring man that you did in the ring back then and what you're still doing now that is some crazy I don't like swearing that was some crazy shit <laughs> yeah uh, he taught me a lot he didn't teach me the exact move but he taught me how to make up moves and, and uh get the most out of them like uh what, back in the 90s early 90s I was coming up with new moves every week moves no one's ever seen before every week I got so many new moves. I got so many moves now that I can't remember. I have to go back and look and, and like, oh, I, I forgot I, I invented that. I forgot I invented that. You know, bunch of shit. Probably a hundred moves. Um, moves. Do you, um, do you, can you explain the 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 meaning behind your entrance and why you point up all the time? Uh, yeah, I tell, I tell that in the book also. I was in Memphis uh, working for Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett, and uh, we, we did TV that day. Uh, in Memphis, and the TV lights are low, but you can't see that if you watch TV. When you watch TV, it, the lights are just out of the uh, camera range, and they never move up. The hard camera stays there, so you never see the lights. So it looks like a big arena, but it's not. The lights are low. It looks like a roof over the ring, about five feet up, not very high. So uh, the finish was uh, I was going to do something to the guy, but my, my partner was a seven-foot uh, dude, Judge Dredd. So I jumped off his shoulders and gave the guy a splash or something. But when I jumped, my hair hit the lights. So uh, I looked like I hit the lights with my head, but I didn't. But the word, the, the word was that I did. So I started pointing at the lights ever since. That's all it was. Now I do it in honor of the guys who came before me. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, but it, it was a mistake, and it turned out to be great. You know, I, just, I, I started pointing at the lights every time I wrestled. Like, uh, you know, you got to look up at them, they'll hit you in the head, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and the people at home on, the, on TV, they couldn't see it. They didn't know I had the lights. The fucking announcer didn't say nothing about the lights. So, <laughs> so um, tell tell me about your days in WWE, like the the WWE ECW, the sucky ECW. Like, tell me, like, tell me about how that went for you. Uh, as you probably know, if you've seen it, it's not that good. I yeah, a few months, okay, and then they they which was like ECW like it was, kind of, and they change it a little bit, a little each week, and then. By about three, four months into it, it was completely different. And I, I was out. I, was, I went from being top dog to putting the young guys over in three months. And it wasn't because of my wrestling or my age or nothing. I was top. You know, I was uh, spinning like a top. And uh, it was just because of the people that might be. They didn't see a, 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 a big future in me. But fuck the future now, the present. You got to think of the future later. You can't think of the future now. Think of the present. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, because... Because I know, because we all know that that era of ECW sucked, and I know you were there for a short time, and I don't, I don't think you even made it to WrestleMania where you where you joined because you know Sandman, Dreamer, Van Dam, and yeah. I forget I forget who I think it was Balls Mahoney who were all that all competed at WrestleMania representing ECW, I think. Yeah, that was WrestleMania. Uh, they should have gave me a single match against RVD, but they, they buried me in a in an eight man tag and limited us to only a couple minutes. Um, it was, it was I think I, I seen you answer this question before in a past interview, but what's your what's your thoughts on John Cena? Like, do you have respect for him? I like him. I, I like him. I think he deserves everything he's given. I don't know him personally not that that good. I know him a little bit, uh, but I know him in the ring a little bit more, and I, I respect his work. He doesn't do anything. Uh, spectacular, but what he does is good, and what he does is over. 
in place. How about and, and it's my kind of a, a champion, a guy who looks looks the part. He definitely looks the part. Yeah, John Cena is amazing, he's a, actually. He's a big son of a bitch. He's a big motherfucker. How about uh, how about the guy yeah, who? He's not that bad in the ring. He, I, I I think he's pretty good. Guys give him a hard time because they're jealous. And yeah, like Kurt Angle's better, but so what? He's not more over. So how how about um how about the guy who would have been in ECW if it was still around today, Dean Ambrose? Uh, he's still, he used to work for um IWA Mid South. I found out doing uh, stupid garbage matches, you know, uh, uh, death matches for twenty bucks and shit. I'm sure he got a hundred, but not much more than that. But uh, he's doing death matches for Ian Rotten. I see, but he seems cool. I like him. Do you um? He's kind of small, kind of small but what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get the... I like, I like wrestling big guys because my, my uh, big match, uh, what I really want is Brock Lesnar because he's big, he doesn't do nothing I do, and uh, it would be a good match, I think. I think that would actually work out because, you know, Paul Heyman is the manager for Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman is your old boss, so that yeah. would work. Yeah. He doesn't like me that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, but do you know about Mikey and Jerry Lynn's uh, podcast, uh, Front Row Material? Yeah, that's pretty cool, yeah. I um I actually interviewed Mike Freeland from that show actually. Uh, which I which I thought which uh, I I thought it would be pretty cool to bring up. But uh, uh, um but I but I know that you only that you promised only twenty minutes and we're coming up to that time frame. Um and, you gotta pay me. You know, and that is work. I don't like talking about, my, about myself. It's boring. Buy the book. You gotta buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately don't have, I don't actually have no money to actually. Um, I'm I think. ECWSabu.com. You should buy the book. You should buy a book. That's what you should do is start paying me buy a book. Well, <laughs> well if I get the book. I'll give, give, give you a book. If if you if you if you if I get the book, will you will you will you buy my T shirt? <laughs> you buy the book, yeah, but I'll give you the, the book. You give me a T shirt. Yeah, I mean, I'll trade you off a T shirt. Just gotta tell me where to send it. <laughs> I get out there, you give me your address, and I'll give you mine, and we'll go from there. All right. So uh, tell tell everyone where they can find you, the one and only Sabu. Tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, like last week, I was in Boston and Philadelphia, and then uh, this week I'm in uh, Atlanta, and then uh, shortly I'll be in uh, Newfoundland, Canada, and going to uh, Panama, uh, November twelfth, November sixteenth, Panama. You know, I'm all over the place, and uh, Germany, October fifth, October twelfth, Germany. I'm German. It's good. It's better to be too busy than no busy. How about uh, how about social media like Twitter and Facebook, all that? What about it? What's that? What? Well, I don't know what you ask, but what about Twitter? No, no, no. What's your Twitter and your Facebook and all that stuff so people can? Uh... My Twitter is at Sabu S A B U U U U U three uh, four U's. So Sabu four U's and a number three. And uh, my Facebook is uh, my real name. You don't know it. You don't need to know it. <laughs> and the book is ecwsabu.com, I believe. If not, uh, contact me and I'll get you the right website. 
And so I tell you, I got a, I tell you, I got a book coming out. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't tell for the third time you told me. <laughs> oh man, I never pushed the book. This is the first time I pushed it. <laughs> so, so, um, so everyone, you can find me on Facebook at Cybertime, but follow me on Twitter at Nostalgia Vamp. And get my merchandise at redbubble.com under Crash Steven Gear, where even you know that the Spork is the most powerful of them all. Right on. So, um, I want I want to say thank you for everyone for listening to episode 72 of Cyber Time Bite today, and I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Have a good one. Right on. Thank you.